Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dream and I get a little spooky as we get closer and closer to Halloween. Yes, we do the Busted Open Bash today on Busted Open and the Busted Open Podcast. And we have, how about this, Tim Dennis joins the show. And you probably say, who the hell is Tim Dennis? Let me tell you. He's a paranormal expert with the Travel Channel and also the Darkness Radio Show. And Tommy, of all people, shares his paranormal experiences. All right now on the Busted Open Podcast. This was Tommy's idea to do the Halloween bash for Busted Open because Tommy has a lot of ghost stories and paranormal experiences that he wanted to share with the Busted Open Nation. And I figured, you know what? Let's get an expert on. Somebody who is a co-host on Darkness Radio, somebody that you've seen on the Travel Channel is our next guest to join our Busted Open Halloween Bash, and that is Tim Dennis. Tim, how are you this morning, man? Doing good, Dave. It's good to see you again and and uh, and talk with you again. I know we had a great time on the Jericho Cruise, and and I appreciate the invite. I'm a huge Busted Open fan, so I, it's it's my honor to be here. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Now, Tommy does have some stories he wants to share, uh, some ghost stories, some paranormal experiences, and I know Tim, that's that's in your wheelhouse. And definitely what you do on Darkness Radio. Yep. We have a Parashare segment on Darkness Radio, so I'm ready. Hit me, Tommy. All right. Well, I got a bunch. Um, (laughs) I was a kid, and I remember sleeping in my bed. I wake up. I had two dogs and two French poodles. One was growling. The other one was whimpering. And as I slowly turned to my left to look towards where the dogs were, um, there was a man in a three-piece suit and a hat on standing in my doorway. I could make him out as clear as I'm looking at you guys via Zoom. And being a young kid, frozen with fear, uh, then he kind of morphed up into my attic. And then, of course, like every young person, I scream, so my mom and father come running in. And I tell my, you know, what happened. My father grabs a baseball bat, runs upstairs in the attic, which he then, the, weirdly, it was one of those old school attics where you had a, with a lock and key, and it was seriously like an old skeleton key. Um, go upstairs, nobody's there. So then I explain to the story to my mother, and it kind of like, you know, go back to bed, it's all okay, nobody's going to, then I probably like slept in the middle of um, my parents' Uh, in their bed because I was not hardcore then. Anyway, about two days later, we have a lovely uh, family meeting and my mother tells us the story. The night before um, my incident, 
my father was sleeping and no, I'm sorry. My mother was sleeping and she just woke up and she saw a man standing at the foot of her bed who was wearing a three piece suit and a hat on. And she woke, like she screamed. Uh, and my father woke up swinging. Nobody was there. And then the night then was my incident. And then the next night was my father was sleeping and he woke up and he saw my a man with a three-piece suit and my mom's arm was like around his neck and he was like trying to lift her out of the bed. Whoa. And my father reached over and grabbed the spirit. Um, my mother then woke up and like, she's like, what the hell are you doing? And my father was like, I felt him die in my hands. I felt him die in my hands. And we never had another incident. My mom then went and researched our house. The person who per bought our house died in our house. And he was a principal of a local high school, which was Roosevelt High School in Yonkers, New York. And my mom went and got a picture of him and when she, at the library and that Xeroxed the picture. And dude, he was wearing a three-piece suit and a hat and like my whole... Like we were like, we have to move. And my father's like, no, we ain't moving. I killed him. And we never saw him ever again. But whenever my friends would sleep over, um, there would be like weird stuff going on. My one friend, uh, he lived with us for a summer and he was like, dude, why was your father like making so much noise? And like, I asked him like if he was okay and he just stared at me and my father it wasn't my father. And like when we told him, my friend like made back up with his parents and like moved back into his house. And lastly, um, I had all the ECW merchandise in my parents' basement, all the t-shirts, everything. And uh, the guy who used to take care of uh, the ECW merchandise, he's passed away. His name is Damien Farron. He was going to go to my house and I said, Hey, you know, I left the garage on, on open, just go, and go get the t-shirts uh, if my parents aren't home. And so he opens it and he's loading the car. And then he heard a noise. He heard a noise. And then he was like, Mr. And Mrs. Lachlan and nothing. He goes, he unloads the t-shirt. He loads the t-shirts up again. He comes back. And then he's like, he hears another like thud. And he's like, Mr. And Mrs. Lachlan. And he doesn't hear anything. All of a sudden, my basement was a full basement. He hears like pounding, like boom, 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 like something running towards the door. And then he heard the door and said he saw the door moving. And he just ran the hell out of my house, left the garage open and just said, I'm never coming back to your house ever again. And uh, that was the last ever somebody had seen of the spirit that lived in my house. So a question for you, Tommy, you said... Gotcha. Your, your father wasn't your father. Um, and I guess the question with that is, do you mean he, it's almost like he wasn't himself as in maybe the spirit of the principal. No, it wasn't possession. Okay. No, it was Not possession. There's, there's such a thing as a walk-in. So what I mean is like, and, and I'm going to bring up a very interesting topic and this may scare you a little bit and it may it might alarm you a little bit. There's such a thing as, as when a person blanks out with like a head injury or in brain death or something where a spirit can actually walk in and walk through you and take control of you for a while and then walk back out. And it's been known to happen more frequently than you may know. 
So when you say your father said he killed it, what, and I'm talking at this point, I'm talking like a, a spirit transference where maybe the spirit walks in through your father and then walks back out. And you said your father had this spooky appearance at times, like he was scared, like maybe this thing might've passed through him at one time and then continued doing what he was doing in the house. Like he never left, but he continued, you know, whatever hijinks the spirit was doing. Is that accurate or is that no projecting? Uh, well, when my father did say he felt him die in his arms. The, when my friend saw it, Oh, so he, he felt him actually die. So the, the ghost projected the way he died to your father. I guess. Well, no, my father choked him out, dude. He caught the hot. Oh, okay. So he physically felt So he did battle with him in other words. Yeah. Okay. All right. Gotcha. And my mom would then always be over the top dramatic because she's my mom. And she was like, I felt that was death taking me, you know, away. And, but my father did say like my, her arm and like the sheet was moving, like pulling her out of the bed. And then he just snatched the dude and it disappeared. But when my friend saw it, he was, I had like, it would be like three rooms down and he saw him, uh, and it was dark, but he was just like making a lot of noise, but it really, it wasn't my father because my father was upstairs sleeping mm -hmm. and he saw the spirit. Hmm. And I could tell you, uh, firsthand, I, uh, years later I went, uh, I shot, I was, I have a, a friend who she is, uh, man, what does she do? She sends people into, uh, the light pretty much. Um, so she's she, a psychic medium. Yeah. And okay. she's the real deal. Okay. A long time ago, I met her. She told me things about um, that. Nobody knew about me mm -hmm. as well as uh, I had, I was experiencing every time I showered, my forehead would bleed. And I thought that my forehead was bleeding because of years of, you know, sticking razors in my forehead. Mm -hmm. And every time I took a hot shower, it would bleed. And I had a hat on. This was after my first ever House of Hardcore show. And then she said, uh, you know, it was nice meeting her. And as soon as I go to leave, she uh, she's like, wait, wait, wait. She goes, what's wrong with your head? And she goes, you need to go get your head checked out. She goes, it's okay now, but you need or else it's going to get bad. So I went and I had skin cancer on my head. Oh, wow. And they, I would have never have known. And they said if I would have let it go. Uh, anymore, it would have massetized to my skull. So I kind of like felt like she saved my life. And I was so amazed with this because I was not a believer of stuff like that, but right. she's the real deal. She's a medical intuitive as well then. <laughs> I don't know, but she helped me. And yeah. then we went in Newburgh in uh, it used, it's their city hall, but it used to be their, their jail. And right before we're going there, she's like, man, I, I got some weird, um, feelings and we stopped and she prayed. She's very, very religious. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she's like, they don't want us here. So we're, we're again, I'm trying to shoot this cause I was, uh, I have a production company and I wanted to shoot this like pilot because she's amazing. She used to own a pizzeria and she helped solve a crime up in, in their area. Um, and she would read people as you're ordering pizza. Like all of a sudden she would get like this, you know, her, her juju would be flowing mm -hmm. anyway. So we're sitting there and she's like, we got to go, we got to go. And when we're, we're, as soon as we turn the cameras on, 
where, you know, we were, and we were trying to set up a nice thing, you know, for television. Sometimes, you know, not everything's hundred percent real and boom, dude, this little girl entered her that used to live in this house. And it was like, then this other person went to touch her. And then this voice came out of her. I had, we have this all on tape. And then from there, like she popped out of it and she was like, I need you to pray for me. It's trying to take me. And I was like in the corner going like praying, crying because I witnessed so many different spirits. And then the lady who worked there, they wouldn't let us go downstairs, which was the prison. And when we got there, it was hot as hell. And all of a sudden the furnace had broke because originally we were going to go down there and they wouldn't let us go down there because they said it was a, a hazard. Mm-hmm. And the lady was like, cause she had gotten in this lady's face, but it wasn't her. And she, the lady was just like, Hey, uh, you know, you guys are out of here. I, I can't lose my job. And then all of a sudden she, she starts screaming at this lady and she was like, they need to help. They need to help. Um, why are you being so ignorant? Why are you being so stupid? And we're like, I'm trying to break this apart. Like there's going to be a fight. And then all of a sudden when she kicks back in and we had to give her water cause it's totally a draining process on her. Right. And then, uh, she was like, I'm sorry. She's like, uh, I don't understand it. It was, you know, this person, he's very, very close to you. He, he loves you. Um, but, uh, he, he doesn't know what you look like. He can't see, but he loves you so much. And then she said one other thing and it turns out the lady just like stopped and she started to cry. She's like, my brother was blind his whole life. And it was her brother. And the, and the psychic kept saying, I'm your brother. I'm your brother. And dude, it was, uh, I seriously, like it was so scary. And we were putting like a lot of this together. Cause I had a vision for this TV show. We actually had uh, Zelina Vega on the show too. Okay. And the wrestler Tess showed up to yep. talk to her, to me, um, and just to tell me that he's doing okay. And then I, I, I can't do the show because it, like, it was draining on me. Mm-hmm. And you, like, there's a lot of people who are non-believers, but I really became a believer because of the stuff I saw. And I've always had an open mind, but this is a, a lot of stuff that I've gone through that I've seen. So it's, I totally believe in, and I have a lot of respect for it. You know, it's interesting, and you you bring that up. There are a lot of, and I've met a lot of wrestlers who have had paranormal experiences, and it's it's interesting that uh, men and women who are in entertainment are particularly sensitive. And and the friend that you have, that's a psychic medium, sounds incredibly powerful. Uh, She she is. You've you've described channeling. You've described a lot of different gifts that she has. The medical, intuitive. Um, there's a lot of great gifts there and, um, not really something. I mean, the more that you're around her, I'm sure you'll realize it it sounds scary to begin with, but really isn't scary. The more that you're around her, um, there's, there's, and I'm sure she knows as, as she has these gifts, how to protect herself, um, you know, with putting that white light of protection around her as she's practicing these, these gifts, um, I'm I'm finding the more that I meet, uh, you know, different uh, workers in the wrestling business that it's not unusual um, to have these experiences, not just on the road, but even at home. I guess the best example I can give you is I had a before I even interviewed him on Darkness Radio, I had a three and a half hour conversation with Rob Van Dam. You want to talk about a guy who's got 
spirits everywhere in his house alone. He, he believed he had a closet in his home that was a portal. And for listeners that don't know what a portal is, a portal is basically, if you can imagine a closet in your home, that basically is an opening to the, the spirit world. And it's just like a big doorway that just funnels spirits in through it. Um, the refrigerator and, and Ghostbusters. Yeah, exactly, Dave. Exactly. Exactly like that. And uh, he's got video footage of, of, this, of things coming through this portal. Um, and he was just describing all this stuff that he's got solid, uh, empirical, paranormal proof of. And um, I, oh, I, uh, I got one more for you. Yep. We were wrestling in ECW in a strip club called Pulsation Strip Club in Pennsylvania. Okay. And Sandman's wife at the time used to work there. And I had to go do a run-in in a match. Um, and how I remember the name is because it was one of Francine's early debuts. And Francine debuted as Penny Pulsations. <laughs> and I had to go upstairs and then downstairs to run through the crowd to uh, cane somebody. And they're like, hey, if you see uh, this person, make sure you're nice to her. Introduce yourself to her. I don't remember her name. Let's say her name was Susie. So they're like, hey, just introduce yourself to her. And that's it. So I walk up the steps. It's dark as can be. It's a long uh, hall. And I see a girl standing there. And I was like, hey, I'm Tommy. Uh, you must be Susie. Uh, I just got to run through there. And like, she looked at me and then like, you know, left, went into the hall. I'm continued walking. It got super cold. And then I looked down the hallway and she's not there. And I'm like, man, rude stripper, go downstairs, do my thing. I come in the back and like Sandman's waiting for me. And so is uh, his wife at the time. And they're like, did you see her? Did you see her? And I was like, yeah, she was like rude. I was like, what the hell? And they're like, Cause she's dead. She doesn't exist. And like, apparently there was a, a, a girl was killed by her boyfriend uh, as a dancer. And then she looks over all the other dancers there. So it was a uh, pretty, uh, pretty crazy. And, when I, and I was like, what do you mean? Well, why did you send me up there? I could have went through another door. He's like, I totally <laughs> wanted to set you up. That's, that's the worst rib ever. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> There's a, that sounds like a lot of different stories at different haunted locations. It sounds like a story similar to, I mean, not similar to, but like at Bobby Mackey's, uh, which is an old country music bar where there's actually a, a former prostitute that's chained to a radiator uh, that you can, you can actually run into. And I think it's in the men's room at Bobby Mackey's, if I remember right. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of horrific stories that, that, of dead people you can run into at different haunted locations that, like that. And it, uh, I'm sorry you went, you, you had to have that experience like that. That's, uh, that's kind of freaky. Yeah. Good old Sam, man. Always ribbon. <laughs> so let me get friggin' eviscerated before I do a run in when I'm 24 years old. <laughs> Tim, for you, how did you get involved? Was there an incident in your childhood that got you first involved in doing what you do? Absolutely. Uh, the, the, the one that, that really got me involved or actually threw me for, for a loop into the paranormal was actually uh, an out-of-body experience when I was young. I was uh, around, I think it was nine or 10 at the time, and my, my great-grandfather uh, had cancer in, in a really bad way to the point where his entire lower jaw was removed. 
uh, due to, due to uh, cancer of the jaw. Uh, but he was on his deathbed and, and I'd fallen asleep that night. And, um, the way I, I remember it is my, my grandmother's on one side of his hospital bed, my great aunt's on the other side and they're telling him it's okay. It's okay to go. Uh, we realize you've been through a lot of pain and, and, uh, you know, we'll miss you, but you know, it's okay to let go. And as I remember it, I'm floating on the ceiling and I'm, I'm watching this all happen and I get scared and I pop out of it and I wake up and I run to my parents' room and I tell my, my dad, 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 grandpa's dead, grandpa's dead, great grandpa's dead. And he looks at me and goes, Oh no, honey, he's sick, but he's not dead. And at the time, you know, and this is, this is early eighties. Uh, they had a phone. It was kind of a fancy thing, you know, the actual princess phone by the bed. Um, and, uh, and about 10 minutes later, the phone rings and it's my grandmother calling to tell my dad that, you know, your grandfather's passed away. Um, and at that point he's a little freaked out and, and, uh, you know, my mom's all happy. My baby has ESP, he has ESP. Um, and I'm in tears cause I think I killed my grandfather. And that's that at that point, my dad's like, well, go pour yourself a bowl of cereal and go watch TV, you know? And at that point, I completely lost it. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. I had a fascination, of course, with watching In Search of with Leonard Nimoy. I think we all did at that, at that age. Um, but that really scared me. And, and I've had dream visitation since with relatives that have passed and with uh, a close friend that passed that I, I worked in the radio industry with. I've had a, a few dream visitations. Um, what the woman, her name is Rita, by the way, what she had told me when you're in that, or there's times where you feel like you're dreaming, but you are a, like, you know, you're dreaming, but you're awake. She's like, you're in that realm. And uh, if you need to get out of it, she's like, focus on rubbing your tongue on the top of your mouth, the roof of your mouth, and it'll help right. you get out of it. Um, and it's amazing because like, she's like, if you feel like it's going to be a bad situation and mm -hmm. you need to get out, do that. And it has worked. Uh, she's just like, kind of ride it through. And, you know, I know there's a, like, I don't, I've never done drugs. Uh, and I know there's people who like have talked about like stuff like that, but they're, you know, either, you know, taking mushrooms or doing some sort of, you know, hallucinogenics. But these are things that, I mean, I've had, full conversation with test and he looked differently. And I remember like, he was just like, I'm doing okay. And, uh, and it was so weird. And he was talking about my daughters and it was just, I woke up in like tears, but then I was also happy because I never knew they were called dream visitations, but he was just telling me that he's okay and he's not suffering anymore. And I was just like, that was a uh, good to hear. Let me ask you a question, Tommy, because I, I, I'll tell you, I'm, I am a skeptic by nature. And I, even though I've had these dream visitations and I did have one from my uncle David that at a time when I was having kind of a crisis of faith and I didn't know what I believed in. And uh, I'd been out to visit them. They lived in the Denver area at the time. And believe it or not, the one thing we bonded over was watching raw at the time. And, and he could only keep down potato salad. He had had leukemia, potato salad that my mom had made and, and ice cream sandwiches. Those were the things that he could keep down at the time. And I knew he was dying when we left him but I didn't know that he had passed as we were on the road coming home. And it was one of those things where when we got home, uh, I, I was exhausted. It was a 12 hour drive from, from Colorado to, to Minneapolis. 
and uh, fell asleep. And when I fell asleep, that's when I had the dream visitation. And I woke up and I called my mom and I said, how is Uncle David? Because I had this bizarre dream. And she goes, well, I don't know. And I said, call Aunt Lorraine right away because I have a feeling something's wrong. Well, she called my Aunt Lorraine and Lorraine said that David had passed. Um, at that point, uh, I knew that at that point I got my validation that he was gone and that what had actually had happened had happened. And he had had this conversation with me telling me, I can't tell you everything about the other side, but I can tell you, you know, that everything is going to be okay, that these fears that you have are unfounded. And we started to have this deep conversation about different things. Um, I, I, I want to ask you, having had that dream visitation with Test, were you at a point where maybe your faith was shook? Was your faith strong? And, and did he say anything to you about the other side? No, uh, I don't really remember like the time, but uh, I just do remember, you know, taking his loss, like you take many of your friends losses. Uh, and I've had, I've experienced a lot of death. Um, I've lost a lot of friends just, you know, due to drugs mm -hmm. and I get, would get angry at them for taking drugs. And, uh, but for him, no, man, I was, uh, he was one of the few wrestlers that would talk about, you know, my kids and we wouldn't really talk about wrestling. And this was after he had left WWE and we were, you know, we would talk once or twice a week and not text, like actually just talking because we we're friends. And, uh, he was, you know, out of rehab and doing well. And then he had passed away and then he probably visited me about four months after. And it was just a, it was a total dream, but then it went out of the dream and, uh, he looked differently and he was like clean and sober. And like I even said, I was like joking. I was like, man, you got small. And he's like, there's no gas here, no steroids, ha 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 in total test way. And he was like, man, I, you know, it's okay here. And uh, I'm happy. And I was just like, well, as long as you're happy. And I went to turn to Beulah, who was in my dream too, to tell him like, look who's next to me. And then I woke, like he was gone. And the moment he was gone, I woke up and I was in total tears. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Well, Tommy, let's get into to, uh, a little bit because there's a lot to get into from this week already in pro wrestling uh you know from hell in a cell on sunday raw on monday night some very newsworthy things happening in the world of pro wrestling last night as well uh but i do want to start with saturday with you because impact from saturday and bound for glory and impact you know on access tv last night and you mentioned uh your match with brian myers i mean you know Tommy, it's one thing to step into the ring at, at, you know, at 31 years in. It's another thing to do the type of match that you continue to do at a high level. Um, so, listen, the bumps and bruises, I can completely understand because, you know, it's not like you have the Legends deal when it comes to Impact Wrestling. You're, you're definitely must-watch TV each and every Tuesday night. Well, I won't be on each and every week. I kind of like to... 
if there's a good storyline, I like to sink my teeth into it. And, and Brian Myers is a wrestler that I've kind of, you know, I've had a long history with him, as you know, when we interviewed him, mm-hmm. uh, hired him into WWE out of college, him and Zach or Matt Cardona. <clears throat> and, just felt it was a natural progression to get him uh, change his career trajectory. I think it worked. There'll be uh, other things for Brian. He'll uh, start doing some of his own stuff. And I'm just happy to be in there. Like I said, man, I really, to be wrestling this long, uh, the, the gauntlet was easy, minus uh, trying to pick up Brian Myers on my shoulders as I was on my butt because so Hornswoggle could deliver the doomsday. But uh, Myers match, yeah, I got a lot of uh, recoup time is hard. Also doing that match with a broken tooth. Uh, As you get older, you know, the recoup time as an athlete is the harder part. So I'm still here in lovely Nashville. And... I have an indie show on Thursday and a show on Saturday, and I'm just going to be healing and training and doing my normal just here in Nashville. Now, Tommy, if if I'm not mistaken, I think this might be history in the making on Busted Open in the 11 years that we've been on the air. I think it was an on-air injury that occurred with you on Saturday. Uh, it was right before we went on the air. Saturday filled in for Mark Henry. Uh, we're going to do another episode of Who Shot Mark Henry because we don't know where he is. So um, I bit into a granola bar and I heard a and I was like, oh, and I'm fishing around and I pulled out uh, my crown slash piece of my teeth, but I still had more granola in there. Oof. And obviously I can't spit it out because then it's wasted food. <laughs> and a slice of granola went right into that hole oh. that uh, I uh, experienced. I actually went to the dentist. I now have a dentist here in Nashville. I kind of live here. And they worked on it, but they couldn't finish the job. I have to get a temporary crown on Thursday. Yikes. And man, when you, it's good because I think it could help me lose weight because I'm thinking I'm just going to go shakes or soft food. But I have a complete crack and eating on eating hurts, which is one of my favorite things. Next, I'm going to take sex away from me and then I'm screwed. I can't do anything I like. So uh, or not screwed. I I can't uh, really eat too well. And there's just times I found out I have had a root canal on that, which means they've taken away the nerve. So basically when I bite down, it's my actual tooth going into my uh, gum and jaw. And it feels like I've been punched, which I have, but it feels like you're getting punched when you chew. Well, you got that going for you. So I wish you well, Tommy. And also on Saturday, too, we saw a couple of surprises. Not only you as Road Warrior Animal, but Swaggle made an appearance on Saturday. James Storm, just days after being a guest on Busted Open, we saw James Storm with Impact Wrestling. That was very interesting as well. And uh, the return of Davari. Don't forget yep. about uh, our f- good old friend who was in amazing shape. Yeah. So listen, I thought bound for glory for um, the things that the behind the scenes is always something you could put together a great show, but talent getting hurt. uh, A lot of uh, changes were made. Rich Swan and Eric Young. I even was saying to uh, Eric Young, him and Rich Swan, Eric is, I don't know how old he is, but. I want to say he's 40 something 
And he is moving better now than when he was in his 20s. And Rich Swan, man, we, we discussed, you know, last week the how horrible his injury was and the moves that he was doing at Bound for Glory. And I know, you know, people are, are watching this, I mean, are listening to this. We literally filmed two days of television the very next day. And Swan wrestled three times that one day. So he wrestled four matches in two days. And wow. one was where he won the title, which was an amazing match. And then even like you saw last night on uh, Impact, he wrestled that next match barefoot. And for the injury that he has, having no brace and still, I don't know, I asked him if he's going to, you know, change his style. And he really, he hasn't missed a beat. I'm scared for it because I don't want to see his, you know, ankle slash uh, life change if anything worse happens to it. But to do that match that he did barefoot, man, my hats are off. my hats off to him, even though I'm not wearing one. But my hair's off because I don't have a mohawk now. You do, and I uh, I had Rich Swan on my power rankings this past Monday, and I think it's the comeback story of 2020 in a year, Tommy, where there has been a lot of bad and a lot of bad in the world, uh, and a lot with changing of plans and injuries and furloughs and. You know, you look at the injury that Rich Swan was able to come back from and to main event a pay-per-view and to win that championship, uh, I, I really do believe that that's the, the comeback story of 2020. You know, you just gave you and I a fabulous show for the end of the year when yep. you and I should do our own PWI uh, ratings. That could be a phenomenal episode on for us but uh it would be up there man yeah he again blown away he did two standing flips uh with his ankle the way it was it's it's unreal and like even like doing his finish which is like a springboard i don't know what it is it's like a springboard 450 tumbleweed splash pushing off the top rope with that ankle, uh, you know, it, it's brutal. Uh, I don't know if, and if anyone, I keep telling wrestlers, stop sending me this. They keep sending me that uh, a wrestler, a backyard wrestler blew out, broke both his knees. I don't know if you've seen that day. Yes. Don't Ugh. see it. It's brutal. I've I don't know why people are sending it to me. But if you think about like freak accidents and freak things that can happen, you saw what could happen to that person, even though I don't know if that person's trained. I don't think they are, but anything can happen in the ring. I know uh, Davari had a match and he did, he does a, a top rope Rana. And as he went through, he hit his head on the middle rope. And that was like, could have been disastrous. You know, you could yeah. break your neck or, you know, but it just freaky things sometimes happen for people who've been doing this for a long time, but you're rich still going out there, performing the way he does. We've talked about how, you know, it wasn't a long time that this happened and that this was life threatening career threatening and to be the new impact champion. I'm really happy for him. He's uh, he's a workhorse. He's charismatic. He can talk. I look forward to uh, seeing more Rich Swan. 
Yeah, and Rich Swan winning that Impact Championship on Saturday. Uh, guests that were on with you and Ryan on Saturday, the North captured the Tag Team Championships on Saturday as well. And then a surprise, surprise, somebody wasn't even supposed to be in a match at Bound for Glory. Sue Young, your new Impact Women's Champion. Kylie Ray, I guess, MIA. I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's big speculation, but um, Sue Young now, your new... Uh, impact knockouts champion yeah you know a bound for glory is impact wrestling's wrestlemania it's their super bowl a lot of new storylines coming out of uh bfg and a lot of new champions gave us uh and i was really that match too for not only for sue and uh for diana perrazzo who continues just to blow me away with her in-ring performances she is so good in the ring uh, such a great heel, but just her execution and working with different opponents that match was, I really, really enjoyed it. And to see Sue come back from wherever she was, I don't know if she was in dead, the undead realm. It's, I have a hard time following where these, some of these talent go. Maybe one day we'll see Susie come back. Cause these two are never in the same place at one time, but they, uh, the ladies really did, uh, bust their ass, uh, in that just like they did in the gauntlet. It's, it's, uh, I like seeing, unlike like the Royal Rumble, where you'll see, you know, a women's Royal Rumble and a men's Royal Rumble and an impact wrestling. They have, you know, a gauntlet for the gold and anyone's allowed. And both, there was a lot of nice moments for the women. And uh, we also, they announced the new knockouts tag titles are coming back. So it's some interesting things going on. I'm happy to be a part of it. And as surprised as I was that Deanna Peraza lost the championship on Saturday, there was another championship change last night that we have to get into that I was very shocked about. And also, somebody was shot on TV to end the show. So there's a lot to get into. And again, 31 years of Tommy Dreamer in the ring. Hi, this is Adam Shine. The Adam Shine Podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard-hitting takes every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all the sports, celebrities, media personalities, diehard football fans on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine Podcast with new episodes dropping on Tuesdays. You can listen to the podcast anytime with the SiriusXM app, iTunes, Pandora, and with I just talked about uh, a new Impact Knockouts champion, Sue Young, winning that championship on Saturday by beating Deanna Perrazzo. How about, you know, last night, Serena Deeb beating Thunder Rosa for the NWA Women's Championship on United Wrestling on Fight TV. I was shocked by the title change last night. I was going to say, I don't know how you're recouping your... A big Thunder Rosa fan. Huge Thunder Rosa you're, fan. You're sitting here being able to carry on the show with such a traumatic loss for Thunder Rosa. I'm sure Thunder Rosa will land on her feet, whether I don't really know much about what's going on in the world of NWA. I know they're doing the, I think, what is it, a weekly pay-per-view show? Well, they're doing it. They're working with United Wrestling that you can watch on Fight TV. And last night was an example of that. And then Serena Deeb wins the NWA Women's Championship. And Tony Khan tweeted out that you're going to see Serena Deeb on AEW, Tommy, defending the NWA Women's Championship. Now, if I had to pick one woman, and you know I'm a big fan, so it's biased. I know Bully's probably, you know, um, 
probably listening right now and probably yelling at his radio because I do have a lot of bias in a lot of the opinions that I say. But shit, man, if I had to pick the best women's wrestler right now over the last year, it would be Thunder Rosa. And now it feels like Thunder Rosa has no home. What is going on with Thunder Rosa? I almost sound like Seinfeld. What is going on with Thunder Rosa, Tommy? Well, we uh, know that Serena is signed in AEW. We know that Thunder Rosa, per this show, is under contract with the NWA. Maybe they're working a little bit uh, just because, I don't know, helps out the brands. Who knows? But, hey, Serena Deeb is one hell of a wrestler. She was I've known her since she started uh, down in OVW and then went to WWE, left WWE, came back. She was a trainer in WWE. Don't know how long it was before she had another match. And you saw that match on television and she really did earn her contract for how good she is in the ring. And now she's a champion. All right. Well, Tommy, I posed a couple of different questions. We impact Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb, we have a new NWA Women's Champion. I also talked about your 31-year anniversary in pro wrestling. So let's go to the phones because we got people calling in now that want to share some moments and memories. 877-344-4893, 877-FIGHT93. Also, too, Tommy, at 10 a.m., we're going to start our Busted Open Halloween special. We got the question out there starting at 10 o'clock, scariest wrestler of all time. But let's go to the nation for our first time. Let's go to Angel in Puerto Rico. What's going on, Angel? Oh, my God. I'm the first call. You know what? You are, Angel. Congratulations. 31 years of Tommy Dreamer in the ring. How about that? 31 years of Tommy Dreamer. This is amazing, Tommy. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I wanted to I appreciate say you're the main reason I watch Impact right now. You're the main reason I like hardcore matches. You're the main reason I remember the Tommy Dreamer pose. You're amazing, man. I want you to know that I appreciate everything you do and still do. And I appreciate the hell out of this show. Thank you, guys. All right. Angel just wanting to call in and say thank you, Tommy. I'm I'm sure you hear a lot of things like that that Angel just shared. Absolutely. I thought my anniversary was Thursday and I was all prepared for tweeting because uh, I'm wrestling Thursday, still wrestling. Mm-hmm. Gabby killed my mojo, but how dare she tell me what day it is. No, but now you're able to celebrate it on the air on Busted Open. Yeah, if I would have been prepared, I would have made it a big deal. I mean, Jericho had we had a whole show for 30 years of Jericho. He's not even on this show. Yeah, that's the right. The TV show is 30 years of Jericho and. I have an impromptu, oh, yeah, it's your day, 31 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, listen, we do an impromptu on the air. That's what it's all about. Right, all Tommy? Right. I would I would think that the best matches that you've ever had are matches that you called in the ring. Well, that's what's happening here on Busted Open. We're calling it as it goes. You know, you're going to remember this show forever. prefer to talk forever. about scariest wrestlers. We'll celebrate my 32nd year anniversary next. No, year. we're celebrating where we we could we can multitask on Busted Open, Tommy. We could talk Bound for Glory. We could talk about the shit show that was Monday Night Raw from this past Monday. We could talk about Impact from last night. We could talk about another nightmare with Thunder Rosa dropping that NWA Women's Championship to Serena Deeb last night. 
on United Wrestling. We could do scariest wrestlers of all time, which we're going to do. We are going to hear from you, Tommy, with some scary stories, paranormal things that you have gone through in your life. And, uh, oh, yeah, we're going to celebrate 31 years of you in the ring. I think we could do all of that on this. That's going to make this a very special edition of Busted Open, Tommy. It is. I appreciate it. I also think I've just become a... a gif with my Academy Award winning performance of my screaming of no for who shot Johnny Bravo. A lot of people are throwing that out there. So I'll be a wrestling gif for the rest of my life. It's oh, a wait, gif. Tommy, you, you oh. mean this, right? Oh! Bravo shot. That sucks. I mean, you're getting that. Maybe, you know, maybe it's for the best, but you got the, the vows were exchanged, Tommy. They were just about to kiss. So the they are married. Johnny Bravo and Rosemary are married. Vows were exchanged. And then before that kiss, and, and, and here's the other thing, too. Not to throw personal things out on the air on national radio. Guy's a virgin. Never had sex. So the, last night was going to be his big night, be able to complete the you know, transaction, if you will. And he gets shot in the chest. Yeah. I don't know. We're going to have to launch an investigation. Going to have to do uh, some serious soul searching for this one because this is some whodunit television. Because, again, it's just a different way to entertain you during a pandemic. Because why would we go regular route? I would have to say this has to be perhaps. um, I think if this happened on Monday Night Raw, people would be boycotting Raw for the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, and the time, but because it was impact, uh, people understand because if you really think about it, the sinister minister has been killed on television already. And he was brought back from the dead or the undead realm, I should say, to perform the wedding. Makes so sense. A lot going on. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. Ed, go to it. Want to play a little round of who did it better? Uh, Tommy Dreamer? Or Darth Vader? It's an excellent question. Right? Ed. I know a lot of Star Wars fans. You know, Cody would probably pick uh, Darth Vader. I think I did it better. His was more like a whale. Like, no. I could have totally done James Earl Jones when I did it, but it was real, man. I don't know if any of you ever witnessed anyone getting shot before. That was emotion right there. I felt it. We all felt it. That's the thing. Like, Darth Vader, no, no disrespect to Darth Vader. Looked great in black, Darth Vader. Knew how to wear that color well. But Tommy's no was much better than Darth Vader's. Now, I'm guessing that Darth Vader no, is that from uh, Return of the Jedi? No. Empire Strikes Back? Nope. It's from episode three. Oh. When he finds out that his that he, he quote, killed his wife. Revenge which, of the Sith. Well, Revenge of the which is an awful movie. Yeah, one of the prequels. But, but not good. No, not great. 
All right, Impact Wrestling last night, very good. Yes. And also true emotion because Tommy has gotten close to Johnny Bravo over the last few months. And it's somebody's wedding, too. You never want to get shot at your wedding. Also, we're all neglecting the fact that last night Tommy Dreamer effectively used the least favorite Halloween candy of all time as a weapon. It's true. Yeah. So just you all know, I wanted to use uh, apples with razor blades in it, and I was uh, voted not to. I was not allowed to do that. I was going to put, uh, I was going to carve open Brian Myers' head with uh, apples with razors, like clearly sticking out of them. That would have been phenomenal. Yeah, I, I, uh, that was in my bag of tricks with a uh, candy corn. I actually don't mind the uh, chocolate candy corns with the awful orange, but uh, I said nobody. And the best was when I went into that bag, I had a – I'm supposed to be this big, hardcore, tough dude, and I gingerly went in there because I knew I loaded that with thumbtacks as well, mm-hmm. and I did not want to put a thumbtack, get it pricked on my finger, or eat a thumbtack. I can understand that. Would have hurt my chipped tooth. After hearing that idea that you had with the razor blades and the apple and it getting getting shot down, Tommy, I don't know if you heard yesterday's show, but yesterday I applied for a creative writing position with the WWE. I may have to go and uh, apply for a creative writing position for Impact Wrestling because I thought your idea with the razor blades and the apple was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Hey, Dave, we have audio of the WWE opening up your application. Oh, let's hear it. Yeah, because God forbid they have, you know, a good Monday Night Raw for once. Hell in a Cell was pretty good from what I hear. Hell in a Cell was fantastic, Tommy. And already we're only 35 minutes into the show and you're already eating. You cracked your tooth the last time you ate on the air, Tommy. You don't learn your lessons. It's a soft uh, Lenny and Larry's cookie. I got to just chew to the left. To the left, to the left. Everything will taste better to the left. Are you ready to get to some nation members that want to talk about you? Absolutely. I need time to swallow. I can, I'm, I'm at half speed. Okay. Let's go to Chris in Long Island. What's going on, Chris? Good morning, guys. Tommy, 31 years. That's a long time for anybody to be doing anything. For you to be putting your body on the line for my entertainment is greatly appreciated, pal. Congratulations. And, uh, Thank you very much, Chris. To, uh, all right. I just wanted to say, you actually, the first time I ever saw wrestling live was Tommy Dreamer was on the show. And uh, it was IWCCW back in the uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s. Oh. Uh, you know, and I was follow. I followed them a little bit because we used to have on uh, on Long Island. We used to have Sports Channel, and Sports Channel would show mm-hmm. wrestling from all over the country, and then they show Islanders games, and then racing from Aqueduct, and all this miscellaneous stuff. And I, I so I so I was familiar with them, and I saw you wrestle a guy named uh, Flex Lavender, and uh, the quintessential '80s heel. You know, say the bodybuilder who dressed like like he dressed out of uh, classy Freddie Blassie's closet, and. Uh, you, great! It was. I remember it was a great time. It was a great match. I saw a lot of great talent there. I saw somebody who would become Taz later on in life, and a few other people. And uh, yeah, it was just good. It was just good. It was, and it was really cool for me to watch somebody. You know, because I see you wrestle in front of a hundred and two hundred people in a gymnasium, and then a few short years later, I see you wrestling for ECW, and then I see you in the WWE. So it was nice to follow your career as it as it blossomed. And I just want to say congratulations, pal. 
Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out and for your call. And if you really think about 31 years and now I'm wrestling in front of nobody, what the (laughs) hell am I doing? (laughs) You know what, though? It sounds crazy, Tommy, but it's almost it's it's another chapter in your book. Like when it's all said and done, you definitely have to write a book. Like if there's any wrestler that I would love to read a book from, it's you, Tommy, because everything that you've been through and what you've done. And this is going to be a chapter wrestling during this pandemic. I mean, it's it's it's. It's crazy, but you've made it work. You've said it. You said it since day one when we first went on the air together after that one day that we were off when this pandemic first started back in March. And you said the world of pro wrestling never stops. And I think you're a prime example of that, Tommy. Yeah. um, And I do. (laughs) I do a lot of things while I'm wrestling now to clearly entertain the person watching at home or the random camera people. I have people sometimes laughing during my match. I have management usually yelling at me and telling me not to say something. Uh, If you go back and watch my match that I had last night, I said I had uh, Hornswoggles, my mini-me. I had sex with his mom. I said that, and they kind of try to cut the camera angles from that. So yeah, I just do things. Uh, when you, you're, I'm starting to get to that curmudgeon age where you could just like I could like maybe fart in public and just like not even no sell it just because I'm getting that old. You just be like, Wah! and just what? Like, that's what happens. It does. I, I think you know after 31 years, you have a license to be able to do whatever you want. You've sacrificed so much for the world of pro wrestling. I think now it's time for the world to give back. And after 31 years, we're going to try to do that. I, I always say it too. I walk around in socks and slippers. I walk outside the house with just sweatpants on. I, Twenty years ago, I would never leave the house with sweatpants unless it was to go to the gym. Now it's like I'll I'll walk into a grocery store with sweatpants and dress shoes. I don't give a fuck, dude. I walk around this hotel with flip flops, socks, and a mohawk. And twice I did it with face paint on, just walking around. And I went to like, hey. Can you give me this? And I think, weirdly, a lot of people think I was actually animal. They're ask, asking for autographs, thinking you're a road warrior animal. Maybe I'll do, like, I'll be a total, like, uh, old-school scumbag pro wrestler. Like, in the 90s, we always, there was a lot of uh, fake wrestlers, or you'd work double. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I'll pull, like, I could work as road warrior animal on the first half of the show, and then Tommy Dreamer on the second half, two paid days. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.